bless you everybody greetings and god bless you everyone in jesus name thank you so much for joining us today here on reset forever ministries podcast where um we will be bringing to you the sunday school lesson my husband and myself and if you'll give me just a second i'll make sure he's in the picture all right so give us just one second all right God bless you again, and thank you for joining us this week. Um, We have a wonderful lesson. We have a very timely lesson, very powerful lesson. This lesson, the information that is coming to us in this lesson is truly necessary. Um, We are um, broadcasting simultaneously with um, with our YouTube stream this broadcast. So those of you that are listening to us by way of the podcast, you can certainly come over and join us live over on Reset Forever Ministries podcast on YouTube. All right. So it's time for us to get into this week's lesson, a good lesson. And I am kind of appreciative of this, this week's lesson. The title of it is Blessings Amid Trials. I don't think anybody can. Um, I don't think anybody can see a reason why we shouldn't need a word like that for today. So, Elder, I'm sure you've got a word. So, with that, we're going to give this over. Oh, let me tell you. By the way, the lesson is going to be found again in the Book of James. We are in chapter one and verse one through verse number eight, and also verses twelve through eighteen. Very, very poignant. A portion of scripture. All right, Elder, God bless you. Yes, praise the Lord, everyone. We want to thank God for this opportunity, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, this is a good lesson for the times that we live Definitely in. Definitely a good lesson. It's going to encourage us to endure mm-hmm. as we go through the trials of life. Mm-hmm. He's encouraging us mm-hmm. in this lesson. And it is timely, it is need, need for it in our day and time the situation that's happening all over the world. So the body of Christ needs to be fortified with this, with yeah, this word. That yeah, we have to cur- encourage one another every once in a while. We have to bring these words back to remembrance and let them comfort us. So I'd like to start with a word of prayer. Heavenly yes. Father, in the mighty matchless name of our Lord and Savior right. Jesus Christ, yes, we ask that you give us the ability to teach yes. your word. Lord, and pray that your anointing will be in the midst as we gleam into your rich word so we can know what our mindset should be as we live in these last days. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. So the lesson is lesson number 10. Mm -hmm. Good lesson. Lesson number 10. So we're coming up at the end of this quarter. And we're in James. Yes. Chapter 1, verse 1. Yes. Read. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. Yes. So who is James? Uh, What is the background of James? He's our main character in this lesson. And he's writing this letter uh, to the 12 tribes that are scattered throughout the known world at this time, which was the Roman Empire. Yes. Now, I believe this is James, the the brother of the Lord Jesus. 
who was the who is also the pastor of the Church of Jerusalem after the diaspora, and um, he is a great apostle, and he is one that brings encouragement. James and John were those the sons of Zebulun. I just contradicted what I said. Okay. Well, First Galatians chapter uh, Galatians. <laughs> Galatians chapter 1 verse 19 this okay. is what Paul said okay. when he met um, the apostles in Jerusalem he said the only other apostle I met at that time was James the Lord's brother okay. so this is James the Lord's, the Lord's brother. brother's half Jesus half brother uh-huh. and as you stated Dr. Simpson he was one of the pillars of the church in Jerusalem yes, yes, it was James it, of course it was John we love yes. and it was Peter they seem to be pillars of the church in Jerusalem. And as you stated, James was the leader of this yeah, church. Yeah, and, and rightfully so, because the church in Jerusalem was under persecution. And anytime you're under persecution, you need to be reminded of what the word says. And James is a great encourager. And we're getting ready to read a little bit about that. So this is what he reads. In, uh, this is what he writes in verse two. Can I ask you? I'm, I'm really, I'm really, I'm intrigued that he mentions to the twelve tribes specifically to them, which are scattered abroad. Yeah, they scattered in Asia Minor, uh, which is modern day Turkey. Mm-hmm. It was also scattered in. Um, um, I know that they were scattered in the eastern part, eastern in Babylon. In Babylon, that's what I was going to mention, and. Um, uh, that whole region right there in the Middle East, parts of Africa. Yes. So he made sure that he specifically addressed as well the 12 tribes, and I thought that But was this is the reason why, because he's saying right here in verse 2, mm-hmm. he said, my brother, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Mm-hmm. And that word diverse means various trials. Yeah, there are different types of trials. There are different levels of aggravation, right? Trials can bring you deep sorrow or they can just bring you frustration or just kind of enough to throw you off. So divers temptations coming from different areas of life. Yes, but he said kind of all joy. Joy is this. Mm-hmm. Now this is something that, that's really hard for anybody to do when you're going through tests and trials to, to, to have joy in it. To express exceedingly gladness. Exceeding gladness. It's exceedingly, exceeding. exceeding. Ex- <laughs> when you're going through a trial, he's yeah. telling them to rejoice yeah. in this. But, but you know what? It takes a certain person to be able to express gladness in, 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 in trials. It takes a person who is focused. Now, look at, look at Paul. Paul was one who could do it. He said, I rejoice. I glory in tribulation because I know the power of God rests upon me. And he says, I know I'm going to get revelation. I know that the hand of God is moving in my life. I'm about to be promoted. So his focus was on the end result. And I think that is where the difference comes in. Well, this is what it says in St. Matthew chapter 5. Okay. I got two verses, 11 and 12. This is what Jesus said. He said, blessed are you when people insult you, mm-hmm. persecute you, mm-hmm. and falsely say all kind of evil against you mm-hmm. because of me. Mm-hmm. He said, rejoice, be glad, this is why, for your reward in heaven is great. Mm-hmm. For in the same way, they persecute the prophets mm-hmm. who was before you. Yeah, the scripture, the scripture that comes to mind says, the reproaches, you know, of them that reproached me have fallen upon you. 
And this is where we understand that we are suffering with him because he himself took on these same trials. He was tempted in all points like we are yet without sin. So absolutely those reproaches and the reproaches are the evil things that are meant to bring dishonor and disgrace to you. But he said they did it to me. And so now I just want you to know I understand that these are the reproaches that they brought against me now they're falling on you. Well, Jesus said, if you suffer with me, you should also reign with me. Yes. So we, we just try to encourage, you know, the body of Christ mm-hmm. in this endeavor. Mm-hmm. Verse 3 says this, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, mm-hmm. and patience is the ability to endure under difficult circumstances in a hostile world. Yeah, and so again, you have to have a focus on what the outcome is going to be in order, or otherwise you just think that, you know, this whole life that of mine is unfair, and the things that are happening happening to me don't happen to other people. And I think we see that in the 73rd chapter of Psalms. He said, truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of uh, a clean heart. He said, but as for me, my foot had almost slipped, and my steps were well nigh gone. But then he talked about until he went into the house of the Lord, and then he understood that their end was going to be desperately wicked. So in the immediate situation, we're looking at, you know, you're up against me. This is happening. I'm struggling with this. I'm in battle with that. That's one thing. If you keep your mind focused there. But it says in verse 4 of the Sunday School lesson, mm-hmm. he, he talks about patience some more. He said, but let patience mm-hmm. have her perfect work, mm-hmm. that she may be perfect and entire. One another. One another. This is what Hebrews says, uh, chapter 12, verse 1 to 13. I wrote it down. It's, I'm, right, I'm reading out of another translation. It says, therefore, since we have a great cloud of witness surrounding us, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which so easily entangle us and let us run with endurance with patience the race that is set before us okay lay it aside yes fixing our eyes on jesus listen he's the author he wrote this look look to jesus (laughs) look look to him don't look to these things right and also dr simply says we have a great cloud of witness so all of these prophets they are, you know, they witness, they watching us while we run this race. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, he, he's our author, and he perfected it. He's the perfecter of our faith. Mm-hmm. When he came and also, in like manner, went through his tests and trials, mm-hmm. and he rose again, and goes on and said, Who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Yeah. Well, we, see, you, do you see what it, it's yes. saying? It's saying for the things that are far off. Some people can't see afar off. But see, for the joy that we have in Christ, mm-hmm. that he presents us to the Father, faultless and blameless. And, and that's endure. one reason, but even to see the goodness of the Lord right here in the land of the living, those kind of things keep us encouraged. Yes. He despised the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Mm-hmm. For consider him who endured such hostility by sinners against himself. A great contradiction, yes. I think, is what um, uh, King James says, a great contradiction, and that's huge. Um, they contradicted the total opposite of what he was all about is what they called him. Just the complete 
antithesis. I mean, exactly what he was not is the way that they spoke to him, treated him, and esteemed him. So, but he was the savior of the world, you know? So he endured these things on our behalf. And one thing I'd like to say, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you get back to that. One thing I'd like to say is that when you're going through a trial, at the end of it, when it's over with, you don't want to have to hang your head and say, oh, I should have just waited a little while longer. It was going to be all right. You want the satisfaction of knowing that, you know, I believe God through this whole thing. And I went through it with the right attitude, right? I went through it. I went through it right with the right attitude. And I emerged from it with no resentment. But, but he's telling you why you're going through it. Mm-hmm. Have joy. Have, have joy right in the midst of your tests and trials. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's what we have power to do. That's but, what grace is. Grace is power. But when you have an understanding mm-hmm. why you are going through your trials mm-hmm. and the outcome you can rejoice in. Yeah, yeah. The trying of your faith work is patience. You're you're learning how to wait and not to get in everything immediately. Immediate, re- immediate results come now. Do something now. Deliver now. Bring this enemy down right now. No, just wait and endure. Go through it because you're keeping control of your members. You keep control of your attitude. Keep control of your anger. You're keeping control of you know your thoughts. Everything is just coming into control, and it's something how he uses. It's like you know a paradox. I'm going to use adversity and contradiction to teach you how to keep it all together. Well, as we go through the lesson, we'll get some insight on that. Okay. But verse 5 of the lesson, go ahead, Tariq. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given unto him. So you see how he switched? The first verse 2 through 4 is external external tests and trials. Tests. And trials of your faith. Right. And then we go to verse 5. Now it's, it becomes internal temptation. Mm-hmm. That while you're going through things, mm-hmm. he's saying, go to God and ask. Get some wisdom out of mm-hmm. it. So you know what I'm thinking of? David was saying, um, I think it's in, um, this is probably all of us will identify with this. David was saying in Psalm 35, should look that up. He said, I mused while the fire burned. You know, when you're musing, it's like, you know, you're thinking, you're meditating, you're observing it, you're real pensive, and you're just, you know, taking it all in, everything's going on. He said, I mused while the fire was burning, and that fire was, that that kindled up anger and, and, and unbelief and you know, frustration that was just getting stirred up on the inside. He said, and I sat and I mused while the fire burned. So, but he's saying to us now, while all of these things are happening, yeah, you may go through that phase, but the only way to get it together is to consider that God declared the end from the beginning. Yes. He has already, it's etched in stone how it's going to end. It's just going through it, you know, that it doesn't feel good and it's, you know, edgy and it's pushy and it's 
harsh and it's crushing sometimes, but um, God's already established. It is etched in in God's timeline when the deliverance is going to come forth. That's what it says in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 3 through 7, concerning seeking and asking God for wisdom. Mm -hmm. It says, cry out for insight. Ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord, to be in awe or have reverence for the Lord. Go after those things. Yes. Seek wisdom. Seek understanding. So that's a good thing in, in the past time. Yes. And you will gain knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. For the Lord grant wisdom from his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Mm-hmm. He grants a treasure of common sense mm-hmm. to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He is. When you go run after God hard, ask him. Keep seeking. Yes. While you're in the midst of these trials, right. these tribulations, like you say, Dr. Simpson, just don't quit and give up. Right. Because some adversity is coming. Exactly. You know, somebody told me a long time ago, he said, if you didn't have anything, then it, then it, it's nothing for God to purge and purify. Okay. If you wasn't gold, if you wasn't silver, mm-hmm. you know, the enemy wouldn't fight you so hard if you didn't have something that was valuable. That's right. Inside your spirit. Yes. So yes. verse 6 of the lesson says. Okay, so verse 6. Second. Trying to, but. Oh, I'm sorry. It's going, okay, there we go. Okay, so verse 6 of the lesson says. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven uh, with the wind and tossed. It's the waver means to doubt. Mm-hmm. It's to be. Uh, it's a person who is loyalty is divided between God and the world. Okay. He's 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 not stable. Okay. So his test and trial got him wavering. You know, should I this this trial I find myself in? You know, it's like I'm okay for for the moment. You know, now I'm frustrated again. Okay, I'm encouraged. You know, but now that you know it keeps on going, playing over and over in my mind, I'm angry again. It's the uh, uh, you know, I'm okay, but you know, the more I think about it, the matter it makes me. That's a waver. You know, I'm good, then I'm not good. I'm angry, then I'm okay. That is wavering. Yes, and you gotta remember, um, he's writing to. The 12 tribes who's going through tests and trials. Tests and trials. Yes, that too. Okay. And this letter is written in 40 AD. Okay. So it's, what, 12 years after Christ's crucifixion yes. on the cross. Yes, yes. And the Sanhedrin courts, you know, they are really, really coming after. And the Judaizers are after them. And all the people that have not, you know, bought into this. Uh, this this new and living way are after them, and they're an outcast, but they're they're persistent because they are persuaded. They are fully persuaded, so they are persistent through all of this, and they're getting joy. I mean, if you look at the fourth chapter of uh, of Acts, or it's the fifth chapter, when they were taken, and they they said these men that turned the world upside down are now come here. And they took them and they, they beat them and then they released them and told them, don't you teach nothing else in that name. And they didn't go out and say, we didn't do nothing wrong. 
This doesn't make any sense. They don't want it. They didn't even get like Jeremiah, who said, you know, I'm not saying nothing else. They said, oh, we counted all joy that we were found worthy to suffer for his name. It takes a special kind of a person with a set, with a specific commitment to be able to joy. But he tells all of us to do it. So, yeah, so verse 7 and 8 together. 7 and 8 together say, For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Yes. This is what James says also in, in chapter 4, verse 8. Now, as we go deep into this letter that he's writing to the 12 tribes that are scattered. Okay. He said, he tell them, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Yeah. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. You're unstable. Well, he says, draw nigh unto God. I love yeah. that. And that's one thing that helps me. It's like, you know, I, you're not my friend. You're not doing me right. I can see you're not going to execute, you know, judgment with your authority that you have. Lord, I'm coming to you. I'm wrapping my heart around you. I well, trust you. Yeah, that's why we read Proverbs chapter 2 when it tells him to seek after God for this wisdom like you like you want silver or go after it like a you're going hidden after treasure. Yeah, yes. yeah. No, don't just seek after. Well, let me see what the scripture says. No, if you're going after hidden treasures, silver and gold, there is, I mean, I forget if I'm getting hot, I'm gonna take my jacket off and just sweat through it, you know. And if I'm tired and if I've been doing this for hours and hours, because I know that it's a treasure, I'm gonna keep on digging. He said, Come after me like that. Because Jeremiah says, those that seek me are going to find me after they search for me with their whole heart. And that's why it says in James chapter 4, he tell them, mm-hmm. cleanse your hands, ye sinners, purify your hearts. Yeah. Don't be devil-minded when you're running after God. There's no you, place for that. Yes. You got enough to contend with and to have to, you know, in and out, up and down, you know, good, not good, angry, yes. forgiving, when, unforgiving. Yes, when things are going good, I'm going to serve the Lord. When things yeah. are going bad, Fair weather. I'm, I'm going to go and, and do something else until the storm Or passes. I'm just going to be angry. I maybe, I, maybe I won't do it because I know i got enough power in me not to do it, but I won't do it, but I'm not happy about it. So now you're not joyful. The joy is gone, but he's making an emphasis. Count it all joy. So verse number 9, no 12, jumping down to verse number 12, all right, it says, blessed is the man that endured temptation. Mm, You're happy if you get through this. You are a blessed man for what? Enduring. Just for enduring temptation. That is so wonderful. For when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of life, which the Lord has promised to him. Not, and to all those that love him. Yes, and this is what tried try mean. Tried mean is to be put to the test. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's to be your faith has been proven mm. and has it has been established. Mm. This is what Job said when he was going through his trials and his tribulations. Job chapter 23, verse 10, he said, yeah. But he knows the way that I take. When he is tried, I shall come forth as pure gold. Yes. And then the psalmist said... Because I'm not going anywhere. I'm not turning away from him. I'm too persuaded of him. This is what the psalmist says in in 66 verse 10. It says, For thou, O Lord, hast proven us. He hath tested us. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Mm -hmm. See, See, the purpose of God trying you is to make you come forth like 
as it's for a maturing process and, and it's yeah to purify you. And, and purifies you so it takes out the draws the impurities yeah the, the like you said laying aside the weights and the sin it takes all that yeah. it removes all the unnecessary things and, and unfortunately a lot of times we get to our older years and we say you know what anything that's full of controversy or you know foolishness or you know just idle nonsense i don't want any parts of it but he's he's encouraging that and it's a beautiful thing if you can do this if you can, you know, keep yourself in line with this word, even in your youth, then as you grow older, you're going to only get wiser, but you're more valuable, right? Because when you refine silver and refine gold, that's how um, silver and gold increase in value, especially gold. It goes from 14 carat to 18 carat, 24 carat, the purest. You know, it's gone through a lot of scrutiny sometimes, you know, in, in this case, it's the melting down and skimming off. But a lot of scrutiny, a lot of trials and tri- tribulation is causing all that stuff to come to the, to rise to the top. So you can see what manner of person you are and you can see where your shortcomings are or the areas that you have opportunity to grow in. And you go ahead and do what you have to do so that you can grow a better person and you're more valuable because God can use you now and the enemy can't just come and slap you down while you're working you know you're on your mission and then he hits you with a test and now you're disabled you're dysfunctional because you know he got you but when we have that strength and that fortitude we can make it we can get through this all right so verses 13, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. This is what another translation says this. Mm-hmm. It says, and remember, when you are being tempted, mm-hmm. do not say, God is tempting me. Mm-hmm. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone right. else. Mm-hmm. And this is what Job we can use Job as an example. Okay. When he was going through his, his tests and trials, this is what it says in Job chapter 1, and I got three verses here, Dr. Simpson. It says, when Job arose, when, he, when all his servants came and told him all the things that had happened, yeah. you know, his children passed away. All of a sudden now you have no child, yeah, no wealth, yeah. no home. Yeah, all, all this you stuff. Got left is, yeah, the only thing is you still have your wife. But she... We'll talk about it later. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. He he, he worshipped. He started off in the frontal of his tests and trials with worshipping, with humility and worship. And he said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. Mm-hmm. The Lord giveth, and Lord taken, taken away. Blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord. Lord. Uh, In all of this, mm-hmm. Job sinned sin not, not nor charged God, God foolishly. foolishly. So in, when he says that God, you know, people say, well, God tempted, you know, God doesn't tempt anyone, but the Bible says God tempted Abraham. Well, here's, here's what he's saying, is that he's not luring you and tricking you and trying to get you snared and caught up in a trap of sin. That's not it. It is a proving. That's what he just proved. It is just a proving. You know, you, you, you come to the point. I think they have to prove and, and try. try. They used to do that with coins to make sure they were real and they weren't, weren't um, 
counterfeit. You know, back in the day, um, you know, way back in the day, they would bite it to see if it was authentic and trying and and to make sure it was authentic. But um, this is what he's saying when he says, let no man don't say that you've been tempted of God because God doesn't tempt any man. And here's your key with evil. Neither tempteth he. God cannot be tempted with evil, and he doesn't tempt anybody else with evil. But he will put you in points where you are able to use and to prove you. Prove. He said, "Prove me." He said at one point, "Prove me," so he can prove. Well, you. the scripture says that um, there is no temptation taken us that which is not common, common unto man. Such is common to man. Yeah. So what you're going through, a whole lot of people are going through. Mm-hmm. But with that temptation. He will provide a way of escape. And he's not luring you into evil. There's your point, too. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. You see that? That's the area where you haven't gotten under check yet. You know, maybe you're working on it. Maybe God is giving you strength. But God knows how to bring you to the place where it's just not going to be something you do anymore if you really love him. And then God forgives and he gets over it and people don't. So... But he says, um, then, uh, then when lust is conceived, so once you get that lust, if you don't bring it in check, you have to take care of these things, address them. You can't just say, oh, it's going to die out. Just ignore it. It's, it's going to go away. And you know, that is faulty thinking. That is coming up short of God's will. But he said, every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So it was something that you were weak too anyway. And it, every lust is not sexual lust. Sometimes it's lust. The Bible said the spirit that is in us lusts to envy. You know, it could be you have a case of envy. So you have a way of dealing with just demeaning and tearing down. Yes, usually what people do when they envy somebody, they begin to dehumanize them and tear them down and to try to put a bad reputation on them. So um, when he is driven, when he has tempted, when he is drawn away of his own lust, um, drawn away of his own lust and enticed, that's the luring. That's the luring of the flesh. That's not what God does. It's the total opposite. Then he says, then when lust is finished, after lust has completed its role in this ordeal, so when lust is finished or when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin because now the seed has got there and it's grown, right? Something has been produced and it is growing. And so after it gets finished, brings forth sin and sin, when it is finished, after it has run, when sin has run its course, it brings forth death. It's a wicked um, cycle. It's a wicked cycle that occurs. So that is the, that is those verses. So think on those, pray on those, and consider that these are ways to keep yourself from um, falling into depression, anxiety, being overwhelmed, greed, um, and feeling defeated. So you can have joy amid trials. Verse number 16 says, Do not err, my beloved brother. 
don't make mistake. Don't make the mistake. I'm telling you, these don't are the things I've just tried to give you. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Remember, this is this is what is going on, and this is the path that sin takes, and this is the path that victory takes. And don't blame it on God. Verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of his turning. So what good, good gift is he talking about here, Dr. Simpson, in this lesson? Wow. Well, right here um, it's going to be... Verse 12. Oh, verse, verse 12? Crown of life. Okay. Well, yeah, that's a gift. But then there's some other gifts, too, aren't there? We're talking about in the, in the content of this lesson. Can you go ahead and tell me? Well, let's go to Numbers 23, 19. God okay. is not a man that he should lie. 23, 19. Nor the son of man that he should repent. So in other words, God is not going to change his mind. In this lesson, the good and perfect gift is the crown of life, which the Lord promised, promised to give to them that love him. So when you go through your tests and trials, you know, don't be deceived. Don't err and say, well, you know, I'm going through all of these trials. And, or I tried. I did the best yeah, I could. You, you know, know, God knows my heart was yes, sincere. I'm going to give up my crown. I'm and you don't even look at it like giving up your crown. You look at it like, you know what? I did the best I could. And this was just too much. And then they just walk away, which is ultimately giving up your crown. So it says, continue in verse 19. Of number, in 19? Number 20. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, we're finished. He said, has he not said it, will he not do it? Or has he spoke, and will he not make it good? So if God promised to give us a crown of life. You have to rationalize. Yeah, to those who love yeah. him. Has he not, didn't he say it? Yeah, even when you're going through your tests and trials, his promises in us are what? Yay and amen. Yay and amen. So if he said it, you know he's going to do it. Yeah. And if he's spoken it, you know he's going to make good. On anything that he's spoken to. And we know, we know being, you know, a child of God, we got to be faithful even unto death. Mm -hmm. Because what God has promised, he will bring it to fruition. He sealed us unto the day of redemption. He gave us his Holy Spirit. All we have to do is seek him, clean our heart, repent, and stay the course. Be faithful. We got a crown of life. That's the good and perfect gift. Mm -hmm. Wait, all of those that love him. Well, that's not the only gift. I think there's so many gifts go, go involved. Go ahead, Dr. Seth, and give him a gift that you, that's in your, in your mind that you want to bring out. Well, anything, it's a, every good and every perfect gift comes down from above. I think that, you know, it's a gift of God that, you know, we aren't crushed. You know, if it hadn't been for God's mercy... We could have been crushed under the weight of the of the sin. We could of of the attack. We could have been given a, even greater greater um, uh, of a trial, more intense. But you know, the gift of God, the Holy Ghost in us, rises up, and it it sustains us. The Bible says that um, that the Spirit of God constrains us. It keeps us from, you know what, I'm going to slap you in the mouth. You know what, I'm, it's, it's extreme. Well, you know what, I, I, I know what to do for you. I know exactly how to handle your type. Or, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to stop it myself since they won't stop. I know how to shut it down. 
you know, the, it's, it's the spirit of God that constrains us. So, I mean, that's a gift. There's many, there's so many gifts. There's so many ways of God. But, he, but Dr. Simpson, even in the New Testament church, the first church, you know, you had people that was leaving the faith. Absolutely. They sure were. They really were. They were jumping off the so, ship along. So he encouraging these to hang in there. Get the reward. Because what God promised, mm-hmm. the crown of life, he will not change. Mm-hmm. He's not, you know, he's the father of life. Lights, which uh, is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. But a lot of people, and we read about that in the Galatians church, they was coming in. These was people that was once believers in mm-hmm. fellowship with them in Jerusalem. Oh, they were strong in the yeah. faith. He said, you did run well. Who has bewitched you that you should not believe the truth? And see, what happened is that they started become they, they start falling away to their carnal ideas. This is how we can fix this. This is how we handle that. You know, let's get a committee together. Well, see, and that's what he's saying in verse 16 of the lesson. Mm-hmm. Do not err. So do not, that error means to be deceived. My beloved brother, mm-hmm. don't let nobody come and deceive you because you're going through some trials, and they come and say, "Well, you can do this. You don't have to do this." Well, here's an idea. Yes. We can reach over in this way. We can do, you know, if the solution is coming down, he made it clear. It's, if it's a good and if it's a perfect thing, it's coming down from God. Put your trust in God. Wait on him. It's it's going to work patience, and eventually. It's going to come through, and you'll realize there's no need to look somewhere else. The only thing I need to do is look within and find out what I need to do to be that patient individual. Verse 18 is the last verse in this lesson. It says, of his own will begot he us with the word of truth. We know that word begot means brought us forth. Mm-hmm. He, he, um, and, 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 begot, you know, when they gendered us, you know, we become his offspring, you know, when you begat a child, you know, you got offspring coming, we became his offspring, his children, and his children with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. I looked up the word first fruit, Dr. Simpson, mm-hmm. and it says, redeemed by the blood of the lamb, of God, mm-hmm. God's saints are a testimony to God's power and salvation. Yeah. They are the firstborn, the first begotten by the blood of Jesus Christ. This is what it says in Romans chapter 8, 23. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. We have the Holy Ghost. Yeah, and the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, gentleness, meekness, kindness. Fruit, fruit, fruit. That's part of the gift. Even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit. The, redemption the redemptions of, of our, our bodies. bodies. So that's what we're looking for. You know, we got to make it to that. You know, there's something else we have to achieve. So in the meantime, we have to hold on to even through these trials because there's a greater gift. There is a greater reward that God has restored and that God has stored in the heavens for us. So, so that is the lesson. I mean, we are the first fruits of 
or we are a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So we're the ones that don't do it in carnal ways. We're the ones that don't come back and bring vengeance. And we're the ones that don't hold on to resentment. And uh, we're the ones that go through with the right spirit and the right attitude. So with that, we want to thank you for joining us in this week's lesson of Reset Forever Ministries podcast and the broadcast on YouTube. Do want to remind you that we will be back on Monday at five o'clock. We will be in chapter, we're finishing off chapter number 13 of the Revelation. Can't wait to get into chapter number 14, but we got to finish 13. And then of course, uh, Elder Simpson and I will be back if he's smiling about it. If he's smiling, doesn't look like it. We'll be back on So we'll be back next week with the Sunday school lesson again. So everybody um, share this with someone and um, be sure to encourage somebody. With that, we're going to go ahead and pray to have him to pray us out. And unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood mm-hmm. and has made us kings and priests unto God, mm-hmm. his Father. Mm-hmm. To him be glory, dominion forever and ever. Amen. I want to say amen and yay and amen and praise God and be encouraged. God bless you. In Jesus' name.